Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hi, I'm Kendra. And I'm Ann, and you're listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, and then also on YouTube. And you can email us at hannahsheart at afa.net for show suggestions. And we've had lots of people interview prayer requests, and so we've been able to go back and forth with those of you struggling with infertility or miscarriages or going through IUIs or IVF. And so um, that's been really neat to hear those Mm -hmm. prayer requests and to be able to pray over those. Well, today we have a really amazing um, duo in studio with us. If you guys have been listening for the last few weeks, we've had on special guests Jake and Jamie Dore. And I have fallen in love with this sweet couple and their precious story. This is actually part three. Not often do we get to have people on for three episodes. But or maybe and- we're just long-winded. <laughs> no, we're look. series regulars at this point. I am watching this just like it is a TV program of like Hallmark, what God's doing in your relationship with each other. Um, there's so much that if you're, if you're listening right now and you have struggled with infertility or miscarriage, or if you've ever had the question of, can I trust the goodness of God in the middle of the struggle, you are going to be impacted by mm-hmm. this couple's story. No um, and just to, just to give you guys kind of a, a quick recap, um, we encourage you to go back and listen to part one. Go back, listen to part two. It'll be such an encouragement to you. But um, Jake and Jamie shared about um, having a, a miscarriage, their first um, child with um, big hopes of a, a huge family and processing all of that grief and then learning to um, wrestle in their um, asking God those hard questions and come to lean upon his character. And last week they shared um, a, a second pregnancy that that came up, um, a, another sweet little baby blessing from, from God that came all the way to 35 weeks um, only to be rushed to the hospital and, and to discover some genetic problems in a, a excruciating two-month um, time in, in NICU. Um, and I was I was blubbering over here behind the mic mm-hmm. just hearing your all's faith and dependence on God and walking around the hospital like the walls of Jericho, praying and pleading and believing God. Um, and then, um, of course, having to, to let that baby go, be with Jesus, and, and seeing that the way that God chose to heal him was through taking him to heaven. And we're going to dig into how you processed all of that. <laughs> but you um, you left us on a bit of a um, cliffhanger last week as well that um, you found out you were expecting um, another sweet little baby, Sayla, mm-hmm. at the same time that you all were planning on adopting. <laughs> yes. So yeah. go. let's go ahead and pick up the story there. So, yeah, we uh, had decided to adopt and started that process, and we found out that Jamie was pregnant really soon after. And obviously there were some natural uh, fears just with going back through the motions of pregnancy and, you know, getting through 
first trimester, second trimester, but... Um, and Baron and SJ would have been Irish twins. So mm-hmm. I was walking through. Baron was due September 3rd, and SJ was due August 29th of 2018. So I was walking through wow. a pregnancy at the exact same time I was walking through a pregnancy the year before, doing mm-hmm. almost the same things at the same time, almost being so close, like 20 weeks being like three days apart in both. Mm-hmm. So it felt wow. like very deja vu. SJ is Sayla? Sayla James, okay. sorry. Yeah. We call her SJ. So, and Baron was due September 3rd. 3rd of 2017. Wow. And oh, Sayla was goodness. born September 2nd of 2018. That's correct. So, um, and... When she was born, there were not 20 people in the hospital room. There was just a handful, and she was born, and everything went, you know, like you think it's supposed to. It went perfectly, and she's was just the pinnacle of health. And Jamie's biggest prayer through her pregnancy was just when she was born was she wants to see her eyes open. Oh, and, never opened his and eyes. And when she when she was born. Um, I always joke and say, you know, she looked at me first and connected with me, but that wasn't the case. She she opened her big, beautiful eyes and looked right at Jamie and oh did, didn't cry. Just she's always been a very meek, tender, you mm. know, just you know, she's my baby girl, but she she never cries, she never did cry. And what's very interesting is Jake. I love that you brought that up because. My biggest prayer, and only Jake probably knew that, is I was, I just want to see your eyes. I just want to see your eyes. Mm. The one feature that everyone comments on is her eyes. Because oh. she has a so beautiful funny. eyes. She has and these long eyelashes. Big, beautiful mm-hmm. eyes. And I just feel like that's a kiss from heaven. Amen. Yeah. So, I mean, that from there, um, we stayed there for, I mean, Jamie delivered her naturally. We were not even there 24 hours. Right. I had to feel so her, surreal after it, your yeah, past it was, experiences. We really just couldn't believe that this was happening to us, that we had a just a beautiful, perfectly healthy baby that we get to take home, you know. We and obviously we I we each I had remember to buy, them being like, Y'all can leave and Jake and I were like, Are, are you, you sure? sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you trust us, like we can do this. We don't need and, a team of twenty people to right. come to our house. And uh, so we took her home and I just remember, I mean, for days, like Jamie would um. just cry doing everything. <laughs> like just couldn't believe this Postpartum. was happening. And I like <laughs> yeah. took her home and gave her a tour of the house and all this stuff and showed her her room and stuff. And um, and then from that point, we had a newborn, but we were trying to get another newborn yeah. and, uh, with adoption. and Because um, we still felt like God, I don't know about y'all, but when God speaks, we still felt like we heard his voice on that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just walk in that. And the thing that someone encouraged me with with adoption is they said, God is not going to let you miss your baby. Mm-hmm. And if adoption was not for us, because I remember once Sayla was there, I mean, like, okay, Lord, Sayla James is here. You know, do we continue to walk through adoption? And I trusted that if God did not want adoption in your family, guess what? He would not put that baby. We saw a hundred cases and I was very, we were both very on the same page. If God did not want us to adopt, our contract was going to, you know, expire and mm-hmm. that would have been his word on it. But we really held fast to God asked us to do this and we're going to be willing. And as long as we have our hands open to receive whatever God has for us, then that's where we're going to land on it. And until he closes that door, then we're just going to be willing. And I feel like sometimes that's all God needs from us is a willing heart. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... We uh, got, Sayla was born in September of 2018 and we matched 
in the very end of September, October. Oh, so we were like, okay, so you're really, God, you're really going to make us have twins here? Like, this is not what I expected. Oh, and so um, we were so excited. We were going to get that baby the very beginning of November of 2018, and they were going to be two months apart. Like, they were going to be so close. Was contacting with the birth mom, and October 31st, the week before we were supposed to go get that baby, um, she decided to parent. Um, And so our adoption failed. And I don't know how much everybody knows about when your adoption failed, but not only do you lose that connection with the birth mom and, you know, that or expectant mom, I should say that because there's a very big distinction between expectant moms and birth moms. We lost that relationship with a, our expectant mom. Um, and I, I struggle with that cause I just wanted to love her. Mm-hmm. And, and our heart behind adoption was we walked into it because we know what it's like to live in a world in which your baby doesn't. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to really our heart was for the expectant mom because Mm. I think Jake and I, as much as we wanted a family, we wanted to come alongside a mom and say, we never want you to, we wanted an open adoption. We never want you to live in a world where your child does not, Mm. you know, and a lot of these situations are really hard situations. Um, I've heard, you know, um, the owner of our adoption agency, she says it so beautifully. Adoption is born out of brokenness mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's God's yeah. redemptive response to brokenness and so these situations are not cupcakes and ice cream it's right. not you know what we thought it was oh a teenager who's you know in a hard situation finds herself in a hard spot we want to come alongside her 99 out of 100 one of, of those cases were not like that they wow. were very difficult situations with a lot of moving pieces a lot of different circumstances so that adoption failed in November and we ended up um, losing money and, and mm. you lose a lot of money in adoption. And so we were both like, we don't think we can. We're out. Yeah, yeah we can't re- we can't do this. Um, and so God graciously provided the funds for us to become, you know, put our names out there again to be expectant of, you know, a child coming into our mm. house. And we matched within a month again. So mm. we matched in December of very end of December of 2018 with a little boy who was going to be born in January of 2019. And we went through the whole process. We flew out to Utah. We connected. We went to dinner with the birth family, birth mom, birth dad. Um, There is other children in the, in our situation. Um, And we connected with them, really felt like the Lord, like it was even our, you know, the owner of our adoption agency texted me and was like, I just have been told several over and over again, how special y'all's connection is, um, that we have with our, our birth family. And, um, that little boy was born. His name is Bowen. And, uh, about 10 days in to his, uh, NICU journey. Um, we got a phone call in the middle of the night. We were in the hospital. We had discharge papers. We were going to leave the next day. And we got a phone call in the middle of the night to our hotel room. And both of us like pop up because we're like, who is calling us? Because we did both, did, I guess, didn't have our phones on. And it was the head of the NICU. And he said, I don't know how to tell you this, but your son's going to die. And we had literally just oh signed word. the papers on him. They rushed him to the children's hospital in Utah. And after a long series of events, 
he got diagnosed with a very rare disorder. Um, there's maybe 400 people in the United States that has what he has. They did not think he was going to live. And by the grace of God, he pulled through. And now he is a part of our lives and has just really changed everything about everything that we do. Um, when you have a special needs child, it just changes everything. And so there was a lot of conversations with God like, well, you gave us Selah first, and then you dropped this son in our lives, and he's got special needs, and he sees all these doctors. And really, honestly, at any point in time, like, you know, he has, he, Bowen just has a lot of stuff going on. I right. love him to death. Right. He's just got a lot of stuff going on. So, anyways, um, but he, it was just weird because we were back in a NICU. We mm. were back not knowing if our son was going to live. We were back in all this, like, Lord, this is so unfair mm -hmm. and this is deja vu and it's cruel and unusual punishment. Um, but God has just been really kind to us. And honestly, I'll just say this cause I could talk about Bowen all day, but I know Jesus so much better because of Bowen. Mm -hmm. And so I really am so grateful that he is a part of our lives because I really couldn't imagine our life without him. But um, it'd be a lot easier, but it wouldn't be as colorful. And oh. I think for that reason, God knew exactly where to put him. And um, so he is three and Selah is three and they're five months apart. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah. And then we have we have one other. Um, so we really didn't think that we could, we were like, okay, well, now we have two children. And Lord, we just, we've gotten to this place. And I think you and I are both here that Lord, we're willing to receive from you, loss or life, whatever you have for us. We just want to be willing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the story of us is just having a willing heart and what that looks like. And so we just have gotten to this place where we're willing to receive. And God gave us another beautiful pregnancy um, it, in mm -hmm. 2020. We we were one of the few um, that walked through the pandemic and pregnant. <laughs> and it was <clears throat> crazy and terrifying and we got pregnant with her in june or not june we got pregnant with her in september of 2019 and she was born in june of 2020 and wow. the world all went crazy uh -huh. in march so you can imagine how oh much fun it was oh to bring her into the world it was just wild so mm -hmm. um but she i would say both of our girls you can say it i know you're going to but jake is like my girls are the love of my life and Wrapped they are around his little finger yeah they, mm -hmm. yes they are i think it's just a dad daughter thing and whereas <laughs> yeah. Bowen would choose me over Jake any day. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, anything about Savannah or Sailor? Well, Bowen? I wanted to say this about adoption and Bowen. This is something that you've said before, like as far as why you wanted to do it and why we were called to do it is because, and you wanting to minister to birth moms too, mm -hmm. you know what it's like to give birth to a baby and not go home with that baby. Yeah. And not a lot of people go into adoption or what just are able to minister to people in that way because that's something that that's that, you know I'm a dad I've, I've never birthed a baby so I don't know what that's like so mm -hmm. you know that's something that and I love Jake for so many reasons but one of the things about our I, and I've never shared this before but um, a lot of people talk to me about Bowen and um, when we got his diagnosis and we didn't think he was going to live I remember looking at Jake and being like I'm out Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not cut out for this. God picked the wrong girl mm -hmm. and I'm leaving. And Jake kept us there. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful that he did for so many reasons. But I remember Jake's heart on that and being like, this is our son. And no matter what he has, 
we are sticking by him. And I remember we had a care conference in Utah and they were like, are y'all sure? Like, this is his quality of life. This is what he's going to have. This is all the things. Are you sure you want this? And I remember looking at Jake being like, are we sure? (laughs) Are we sure we want this? And Jake, every, and, and Jake kept us there. And I'm so glad because I want Bowen to, you know, I I always want to be, you know, very careful of his story because it's his story to share. But the one thing I want Bowen to know more than anything is that he was not only chosen by God, he was chosen to be in our family. And Jake Mm. led the charge on that. And he, he keeps choosing him every single day. Jake does all the late night G2 feeds. He literally is, I couldn't, I couldn't live my life without him. And so, um, but Bowen is just, I'll just say this. He's everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is everyone's favorite. It doesn't favorite. matter where we go. Because uh, you'll see these. Because he's so cute. Well, yeah. And when, when, when our family goes anywhere, you hear us before you see us. Yeah. I mean, we're we're Bobo, big. Yeah. Bobo, and Bobo. as soon as, like, you see these two beautiful girls walk in mm-hmm. with princess dresses and, and these shoes on, and I'm no like. No one oh, really says anything No, then. like, they don't really say, like, hey, Savannah, hey, Selah. But when they see Bowen, they go nuts. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter if they're. A five-year-old girl or a, a sixty-year-old oh, man. Everybody him. loves Bowen. Everybody, like, everybody loves Bowen. Loves Bowen oh, so. He seems pretty funny. There's the stuff that you share on <laughs> yeah. social media about yeah. him. Well, you funny. you mentioned that he had a, a G tube and that mm-hmm. there was um, you know a, a lot of extra care that was needed. Mm-hmm. Have there been any moments in your care for Bowen where you've just thought back? How am I doing this? How is the Lord equipping me to, to yeah. do all of this? How has he prepared you for the extra needs that he he needed? And maybe if you can break down what some of that care looks like. Yeah. Some so, might not know what a G-tube is, too. As well. um, yeah, G-tube. So, um, well, Bowen has a lot of special needs, but um, one of the things that's very interesting is when we moved from, you know, we came, when I say not moved, we came home from Utah. We lived there while felt. he was in the NICU, so it felt right. like we were living there. We were living in the Ronald McDonald house. So mm-hmm. once we got back to Tupelo, he he needed required care and the closest hospital for that was Lavonner. Um, and so anyways, we have our son and we go to Lavonner, which right, is right. an hour and a half in Memphis, Tennessee. And we're seeing the exact same doctors. Wow. We're walking the same halls. I remember looking at Jake the day that Baron died being like, I'm never coming back to this mm. place. Like so grateful for children's hospitals, but so grateful they won't be in heaven. And I'm never looking back. And here we are, we go once a month, mm. we take our son, we walk the same halls, breathe in the same smells, see the same doctors. And some would say it feels like cruel and unusual punishment. And for most, like I've, I've had my conversations with God about it, like, why'd you bring me back here? Mm. Why? This is so unfair. I'm not the girl for this. Um, but Bowen, you know, he gets fed through a G-tube that it's a, it's a hole in his stomach and he's fed through a G-tube. Um, he can't have any protein. Um, he has some developmental delays, um, but he started, I'll just, you know, one thing, you know, he didn't walk. We had to carry him everywhere and um, he goes to therapy all week, you know, like it literally he goes to it as much as school. And That's where he is right now. Yeah, it's where mm-hmm. he is right now. So we could be here. And so he, um, I remember at, two and a half, he took his first steps and it was like, I mean, I can't even, and I remember people, I remember telling Jake, if Bone walks for the first time and I'm not there, push him down (laughs) because I'm going to be the one to see it. Um, But he walked for the first time at therapy and all of his therapists were there and we were there and it just felt right. Mm -hmm. Like it just, you know, so that all the people that could work with him, all the people that see him, that work with him, that 
Bowen has a lot going on, but I'll tell you one thing. That little boy is thriving. Like Mm -hmm. he is not the biggest kid, you know, like not, he's got a lot going on, but for what he's got going on, he is thriving. And I just, you know, I, I remember talking to our birth mom and her saying to me, Jamie, if I had just known what he had, I would have never given him to y'all. If I had just known what he had, I would have. Oh, wow. And she stopped. Mm. And I really don't want to know what she would have done. I really mm. don't want to know what was on the other side of those words. Because I cannot imagine a world that Bowen does not live Amen. in. He is such, like, there are so many things about him that I'm like, oh. I mean, everybody that knows him, just the, he brings so much color to our mm. world. And you know, a lot of heartache, you know, going back to Lebanon or doing the hard things, but he's given us Jesus more than any other, any other person, any other thing. Like I know Jesus so much more intimately because of Bowen. And that's why God gave it him to us. Despite the fact that every single time I leave Lebanon, I'm calling Jake crying because I just mm. feel like I have PTSD uh, <laughs> every yeah. time I walk in, but no, God equips, he's equipped us. And, um, Jake does the appointments too. And he does such a great job. So, what advice would you give to other couples who maybe um, have a special needs um, child, or or they can relate to that feeling of Lord, I feel like you've given me more than I can handle, um, and they're maybe in that that season of brokenness. Um. Well, one, I think one thing that we learned is that no one is immune to loss. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually just lost another baby in January mm. of this year, so. Um, 2022. I'm like, what year is it? Mm -hmm. We just lost a baby. And so, um, no one is immune to loss. And I remember Jake and I, um, being like, you know, what are we willing to receive? And I think where God wants to get us, and I think you can speak about this is, are you willing to receive what God has for you? What, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, are you willing to be the person that says, you know what, this is going to be a hard thing, but my God is bigger yes. than this and, and I'm willing to say hey God use me yes and I mean you've done that so beautifully I'm looking at you because mm. I I love that you've been so willing to to do the hard thing even though I've been reluctant well a special needs kid I mean whether it's you know your own child or an adopted child or foster child whatever it is you know I think the biggest thing that um God's spoken to me is is you know they didn't choose that mm-hmm. and it's not their fault. And, it, you know, God has called us to care for this boy mm-hmm. and make sure that he knows the gospel. And, Amen. you know, whether, and, you know, I guess that's just how you should feel as a special needs parent is you're answering your calling from God, caring mm-hmm. for this special needs child, showing him him or her Jesus every day by doing things that normal parents of right. quote unquote normal kids don't normally do, whether, you know, that's how you feed them, how you bathe them, how you entertain them, you know. It's, and it's all of our call. Right. I mean, God, one of God's specific calls in the Bible is to love the orphan and the widow. Mm-hmm. And every single person, whether you adopt or not, every single person, that is on us right. as a believer right. to say, okay, how am I loving the widows in my life and how am I loving the orphans in my life? For us, that looked like adopting Moen. It doesn't look like that for everybody, mm-hmm. but for us, and every believer, we are to love them. We are called to love them, and we are called to be their advocates. And for us, it's advocating for Bowen every day because mm-hmm. he 
requires that. And if we weren't to advocate him for him, who would? Right. And I right. think part of your all story that I love is how clearly the call to adopt was placed upon your heart. Um, Romans talks about, you know, for God's gifts and his, his call are irrevocable. And so when you got into that hard stage of, wow, this, this journey is going to be a little harder than we thought, you knew that you knew God called us to this. And so he's going to equip us and he's going to give us the tools that we need mm-hmm. um, to, to perfectly care for this child that was a gift from him. Right. I'm also reminded, um, just hearing you guys talk, precious, precious couple, um, I'm reminded of the woman with the alabaster box who came before Jesus, and she had everything that she owned and possessed, and she broke it at the feet of Jesus. And was there was this level of surrender, and she just, you know, wiped his feet with her hair, and then her tears were bathing his feet. And you guys are a beautiful, fragrant um, example of what a willing life surrendered to Jesus looks like. Um, and, and I just love how God has woven um, through your story. There's been some ups and some downs, but every every epic story has um, has a valley, and yours has several valleys, but there is such a, um, a beautiful fragrance of, of surrender to the Holy Spirit when you guys share. For sure, for sure. I don't know if it always feels, I don't know if we always feel surrendered when we're walking through it, but it feels, you know, like God has us here for a reason. I think he does. I just appreciate y'all coming on the show today. I mean, multiple shows now um, that'll end up airing because I think a lot of people, you know, would never envy parts of your story, but watching y'all go through the things that you have gone through and still praising the Lord and living with your hands wide open to say whatever you have for me, I'll take um, if I you, think we can all learn from that. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you missed part one and part two of their story, go to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio podcast page and do not miss it. And we'll connect with you more on Hannah's Heart.